0: Hey, guys. I'm here with Dan, a.k.a. Citrus3000PSI.
1: Hey, guys. Hey, not much.
0: So I got uh, a lot of stuff I want to ask you, but I have two questions first that are kind of easy. Uh, Where did you come up with the name Citrus3000PSI, and did you ever try to say it out loud before you started calling yourself that? (laughs) Because it could be a tongue twister.
1: That is like an AIM name from like probably 2000, you know, 99 and uh long story short i had a orange truck with airbags that had citrus on the license plate and had a 3000 psi co2 tank in the back so it could hop gotcha so no longer have that anymore and don't really do that stuff anymore but uh (laughs) yeah
0: wow so um when you say the the psi tank was that a nitrous tank was that for it it was um...
1: it was co2 so the truck so the truck had like airbags was like hydraulics
0: Right, so I was gonna say, is it the hydraulics where you just uh, you adjust the level depending on how far off roading you're going, or is it the kind where you literally just make it hop like a Snoop Dogg video? Hop, hop like a Snoop Dogg. My friend had a Cadillac like that, an <laughs> early '80s Cadillac. He did that too, and he was working on it. the The shocks would sometimes pop out when he would jump too high. And he's there one time, and he's got, um, you know, he's working on it, and for whatever reason, the shock uh, completely. Uh, just discharged and smashed <laughs> right on his wrist. And he was pinned oh, underneath the car and he had to wiggle himself in. Luckily he had the window down and grabbed the remote and pressed the button and he had to hop the car up off of his wrist. And then he drove himself to the hospital <laughs> and had, had pins in his wrist for like a year. Uh, I don't have any crazy stories like that. Like <laughs> I <laughs> was, I loved that dude. He was nuts. We changed a transmission in the street in front of my house one time just because we broke and that's what we did back then. Yeah. So yeah. Gotta love it. But, uh, yep. So, um, I've been seeing your name pop up on the forums for a long time now, and you've come up with some pretty awesome shit. Um, do you, uh, I guess, let's just start with one of the things you've worked on, and then kind of, I guess, go from there. Um, the last thing, or the, the thing that I, I guess I've been seeing a lot of, is the GC plug, the plug-and-play, do-it-yourself GC video solution. Yep. So, um, obviously, that's unseen designed the GC video, but... Uh from what I gather you designed the board uh layout and everything and then yeah. uh, Greg Collins I believe designed the 3D model for it.
1: Yeah, he originally started with the plug, just the plug itself and then I made that my small little 3D model whatever you want to call it and then he pretty much just re-redesigned that to be a whole lot better. Um so yeah, the plug is all him for sure. So, um, so you we'll,
0: do the the board design of that though, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, correct.
0: Now, is that something yeah. you have a background in, or is that just like you fiddled no, around and kind of
1: got it? I I, I like designing boards. That's probably my biggest passion. I like running traces. I don't know why, but uh, I probably started doing it about two years ago. And, I mean, I've been soldering before that, but really not board design. Mm-hmm. And kind of just want – I want to make things look really, really clean. So and a lot of times you got to make a good board to not have wires run everywhere. So it's like with the internal GC mod, you know, there's pretty much no wires on that. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we actually haven't told anybody yet, but there's actually a, a plug dual design too that we're working on right now. Oh that wow! Output, that'll output both um, the anna or the RGB and the HDMI.
0: So how are you handling the RGB on the on that? Is it going to be just like um, a pin DIN connector or something?
1: It's going to be using a. Uh, let me. It's called a Hyros connector. It's kind of like the uh, smart um, Samsung TVs where it's got a like the old Nokia connections, you know, for power. Yeah. So Those kind of fat, kind of two two buttons on the side. Yeah. It'll be like that. So you have to make your own connector. There's not going to be, you know, there's not going to be, you know, HD retrovision's <laughs> not going to have have one of these in stock. But uh, you'll be able to make one pretty easily. You can buy the parts from DigiKey for the one connector, and then you can just get a sk- female scart. But as
0: and long then, as it's off the shelf, uh, you know we could talk to yeah. some of the cable manufacturers and see if they want to whip some up for us. So yeah,
1: it's it's pretty easy. They give uh, it's uh, if you look the part, I can give you the part number. Actually, if you want to know what the part number looks like, <laughs> If you really want to know? I mean, it's something I'll
0: put in the description afterwards. But uh, that's pretty cool. But how are you handling audio then? Because uh, isn't it only digital out of the digital port?
1: It actually has a mini Toslink connector.
0: Oh, okay. So then so, people could choose to either use the standard, um, you know, Nintendo multi-out three RCA cables and get audio from there, or yep. they could just get digital from the mini Toslink.
1: Yep, exactly. And uh, I thought about putting a, um, a DAC in there to uh, convert the digital to an analog, but there's just not enough room on the board. I'd have to increase the size. Not substantially, but, you know, I made the project more for me, not for everybody else. <laughs> yeah,
0: and the other side of that is having a, making. if you're going to make your own cable anyway, having a SCART connector that just has dual RCA female, you know, t- uh, pigtails hanging out the back, I mean, that's, you know, it's an extra two minutes worth of work. So you grab well, the stock, you, you know, stock well, you,
1: cables, plug it right in. Well, there's no actual analog audio coming out of it, though.
0: No, I meant just using the regular GameCube uh, Nintendo multi out.
1: Like oh yeah, yeah.
0: Have the audio come out of there and then and actually having the audio and video separated, if you're doing C sync and not uh you know, not anything else, there's no interference in any of the lines. You won't even get right. audio buzz. So, yeah. you know, it's not as elegant as having everything in one perfect solid cable, but it's at the end of the day, it's the most functional and probably the easiest and saves people money in the long run.
1: Yeah. There's also uh coax audio too, or coaxial that's in the mini plug and in the high connector. Oh so really? You, yeah, so depending on how you wire it, you could do a whole bunch of different stuff. Hmm. Interesting. So,
0: so how did you I mean, how did you get started in any of this stuff? I mean, were you just like a tinkerer as a kid? Do you have any electronics background at all? Do you build uh, no. hydraulic cars for a living and this is just a fun I, thing on the
1: side? <laughs> I did me- I did mechanical engineering. Um, I have a garage full of tools, welders and all. That. I actually have a a car that I did track days with mm-hmm. um and rebuilt motors and did all that so that's kind of been i've always been someone that takes stuff apart and when i was younger i was always takes take stuff apart and never put it back together and now it's now i can pretty i don't want to say i can fix anything but uh that's kind of just what i do handy you spend man more time around. putting
0: things back together than you do taking them apart <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what kind car probably, did you do uh did you race it was a accurate tigger type r nice
0: very nice. So, Did you do, I'm assuming uh, track days, you're doing drag racing and not circle racing or
1: anything? Uh, no, it was road course. Oh, so I, okay. So I've been to like VIR uh, Virginia, and I blew the car up two years ago Um, in Road America. Mm-hmm. Uh, back straight, car just got too hot and spun a bearing. Um, So, but uh, and I really haven't, I don't want to say I haven't touched it since, but that's the truth. There's no motor in it currently. <laughs> so... Um, I
0: I used to love racing so much and not, I never got into watching it, but um, like on TV, but actually doing it or being there. And then I just started to realize the same thing. Once I passed like 16, 17, uh, everybody who was winning had the most money. Yeah. So when you're a kid and you all have the same piece of shit that you're trying to drag race or road race <laughs> or anything else, like it it really is who's a better driver. And then as soon as I saw in my older friends, as soon as they hit like, you know, adult age where especially like, you know, people who had jobs but no kids. Yeah. It's you know, you can have the best racer and the guy who built the best car, but if somebody spent more money and they have a thousand horsepower engine, you're screwed. So Yeah. yeah. Well
1: these were these were more distract days, so like some people did times, but you can just go out there and just run around the track. And if you get on the track late, that's fine. It's just kind of, it's real. I don't want to say peaceful, but it is kind of peaceful in a way for what it can sound like.
0: I mean, just to to fire it up and go crazy and not have to worry about getting arrested is always, is always <laughs> nice. I mean, that yeah. was you know, when I was a kid, that was half the thrill. And then once I started to get older, it was it started to really take away from things because it's like. You know, like I'm an adult now. This isn't. This isn't. We're gonna bring you home to your parents and slap a fine. This is like go to jail. So, it's yeah. uh just to be able to go out there and still get the adrenaline adrenaline rush without the uh you know without the thought of getting locked up is a, always a, a big plus. Yeah,
1: it's it's a good thing. I didn't have a fast car growing up when I was sixteen, seventeen. I definitely would have been done some uh, not so fun stuff. But a piece of shit S10 with I don't know whatever motor that was. Some 4.3 was slow as piss.
0: Yeah, I like those though. I had a 79 Camaro that was a total piece of shit, but man, I love that thing. Yeah. (laughs) Those things, I think, from the factory came with like 120 horsepower, you know, and they weighed like 3,000 pounds or something. So, luckily, the guy that I bought it from had uh, put a different motor in, and, you know, I, I kept trying to rebuild it until I just blew the piss out of it, and then, you know, eventually I had to go get something different. But, yeah. Love that stuff.
1: Cool. So mechanical yeah.
0: engineering, is that thats what you do for your day job then? Or? No,
1: uh, uh-uh. oh. I've never actually went into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just did it I, in
0: school and then moved right along?
1: Yeah, well, I've always had a – like my one of my first jobs was like IT tech support. So I've always been on a computer since I was young. Um, gotcha. and, and then I got into programming. So now I pretty much just do software development and kind of work for a smaller company, run their website, do a lot of admin type stuff, you know. That system admins do database design and all that kind of whatever.
0: Yeah, it's so. funny, though, No matter what tech I've learned, I've always applied some of those skills to a different part of the tech field, and even if, in ways that I never never would have thought. Like I'm sure your mechanical engineering background, you know, in the weirdest ways probably pops up here and there for, for your day job too. So
1: yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah. What got me started with all the video game stuff was that uh, PVM back there behind me. Um, And then I think I just modded one RGB console and then I kind of got obsessed with the best the best of the best and then that kind of just yeah it's a rat hole it's very easy
0: to go down that way too once yeah. you see what can be done and you know on, you do it on your favorite console and then you're like all right well i'm not going to bother with the consoles that aren't my favorite and then there's just you can't go back anymore try playing yeah. anything in composite video i rgb modded a cdi it's the worst system on the planet but i still have to try it out in rgb so yeah,
1: i've got one jeez <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, and so then so now I'm kind of last I don't know year or so I was got into video scalers. So I've got a couple DVDO machines and a uh, Cristallio or however you say that and mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I it's bad because I don't really use them. I don't really take advantage of them. They more just sit on the shelf and and yeah. I spend more and when I want to I want to play a game, I spend more time trying to get it set up perfectly than versus uh just playing it.
0: Yeah, I started to realize that I think most of the time I have more fun playing around with making stuff look better than actually playing the game in many cases. I mean, I still have my favorites, of course, but, like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the scalers come in handy. Those aren't something that I use every day, but I'm glad I picked up a bunch of those, and it's the most random times when you would expect it to uh, to come in handy. Like, I was talking to somebody the other day about using it. They had one scaler that they were able to take... Uh, a an S-Video VHS tape and do digital conversion through a different type of scaler. Um, but they got that. To, I mean, it was a long process on why you would even need that and not just do it direct. But they ended up with something a lot quicker and a lot better and just because they had a pile of those scalers lying around. Yeah. Uh, so I guess your focus in the last year has really been GameCube and Wii,
1: right? Yeah, I just uh, I didn't like what the current GameCube HDMI output was. I mean, I have that um, Pluto board, mm-hmm. and I wired one up, and just didn't like the way it was. Just like a rat's nest, and you get all the wires in there. Even though if you, even if you use uh, that 3D plug in the back, it just I know what it looks like on the inside, and I wasn't happy with that. So I kind of started with one method, and kind of just grew from there, and just kept revising that design. So that's the last
0: good. design that you had kind of sits over the the circuit board, and you connect it that way, right?
1: Yeah, I actually have the one I built last night with the final prototype. Oh, the one you just
0: posted on Schmups. So there's really, like, there's pretty much no wires, right?
1: Yeah, there's one wire that goes to the uh, pad connector. Oh,
0: that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's coming in real clear, too.
1: So... Wow, now that's
0: that's what I'm talking about. That's a, and is that that's the dual plug version, right?
1: Yep. So yeah, so you get RGB on the multi out, and it's got different paths jump to jump the sync to whatever line you want. Um, so you could put it on Luma if you wanted to, or Chroma if you really wanted to. I don't know why you would do that, but yeah. you have the option. Um,
0: you know, I but, would I would think that in most scenarios, because this is something I talked about with a couple of different people that were trying to come up with one of these solutions. In almost every scenario, having it on the C-Sync pin, which is completely unused in the U.S. versions anyway, right?
1: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Um, most people who use Cubes in our community end up using a SCART cable anyway just because they, they already have all the equipment. I mean, yep. I can't stand SCART. It's just it's the only way to to, to really take care of it all at the moment. Um, so, even through 480p, having RGBS is actually easier because yeah. they already have all the equipment designed for that, especially people that use PVMs and stuff. And to go from uh, RGBS to RGBHV, it's like as long as you don't need any centering controls, it's a $10 Extron box. So, you know, overall, that might. That would probably be the best idea overall because you could just use a SNES SCART cable and be done with it.
1: Well, how it's set up is there's a grid of test point or not test points but a grid of um, interconnects. So you could actually wire um, HV to the Chroma and Luma if you wanted to, and you can make like a VGA cable from the multi-out if you wanted to with no wires. That is
0: actually pretty cool. And then you would just obviously cut the Chroma and the lines on that.
1: Yeah, you definitely have to cut those before you place that board in or assuming they're on the bottom side of the motherboard. But, yeah, so really it's it's kind of just an easy solution for everybody. That way no one can complain. You know, I don't have XX. And I put test points out there too for all the lines if you want to do whatever you want to do. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of the world is yours. And the available
0: <laughs> outputs, I guess, are, um, are, you know, RGBS, RGBHV. And is there a component on there as well?
1: Yeah, and then also uh, in that two point four, he added sync on green, unseen did.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. So people, yeah, actually, that's that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, so you could actually you could actually make a cable that just has three point you know, red uh, red green blue, and you can make that component or RGB if you didn't want to do a SCART cable or or something like that. Interesting. So,
0: so there really is a solution for everybody then. Yeah. Now these can output. Uh, digital and analog at the exact same time right no they can they can yeah that's what i mean you could have because that is um when this gamecube video solution was first uh, announced then the thing that everybody that i talked to was really excited about were the twitch streamers um and Uh anybody that kind of does events uh like this because you could have whatever you're gaming on on your crt and then have it HDMI out to, uh, you know, to a capture card or to a big projector or something on the stream. So yep. that, that was a pretty huge deal for a lot of people that, that you know, really are serious Twitch streamers. So that's yeah. uh, that's pretty
1: awesome. And you could plug in component cables and have three-way or maybe when that dual uh, plug board goes in, you could actually have four outputs. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. I didn't even think of that. I don't, I don't know why you'd ever want to do that, but I guess it's a possibility. Uh, I'm sure somebody would find a need for that somehow. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, now you uh, you post all of your designs as open source, right?
1: Most of them, yeah. Well, I mean, at least
0: most of these. Uh, so
1: far. yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, I guess you're offering installation services every time you have enough boards to to install them. But generally speaking, what's the best way for people to get your GC Video stuff? Just contact you and like yeah, online, yeah. Just or?
1: message me. I mean, it seems like a lot of people that wanna the HDMI only have got it. At mm-hmm. least they've messaged me and I've and I've done those installs. Um, I think some people are trying to make their own, um, more power to them. Um, I will probably – it seems like there was a lot of interest for the dual internal dual board. Mm. So I'm going to do a batch like 25, 30 and um, either sell them as kits. I'm I'm trying to make a um, test jig right now that will allow me to test those boards in this little connector. So I'll be able to plug them in and spring load the the little boards in. And hopefully it will allow me to test it without actually installing one because that's kind of a – I don't really have a, a good way of doing that without... Right now, my only way of testing is installing it and see if it works. You know, my yeah, my fail, rate's, my really fail rate's low, but, you know, it, it happens. I mean, sometimes, I mean, it happens. So you yeah, gotta...
0: there's a, there, you know, it's not a simple board. There, it's not like you have a dumb IC, like a video amp and some resistors. You know, you have yeah. stuff that's that needs to be programmed on there. So yeah. there's a lot of room for error that's not your fault at all. <laughs> so being and able then, to test them is important.
1: And then I know people will get him, and then it won't work. And then you know, I I mean, there's always a thing. Well, I guess the board may not work, you know. And I don't want I don't want people to get a, a defective board, and then they're sitting there trying to get it to work. And you know, it, g- it kind of gives me more of a little bit of insurance, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, it
0: kind of everybody
1: wins. So. Yeah.
0: Um, so I guess for the the dual board installation, I would call that. That's much more of an advanced installation than like a basic RGB for a Super Nintendo or something, right?
1: Yeah, um, it's actually really not terribly difficult. You just pretty much have to uh, desolder a little bit with some braid around the uh, around the pins for the digital out connector on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, just a few of those and then on the analog side as well. And then that QSB will just sit right on top. Um, and then so you just have to solder in the holes. Now you got to have a good tip that'll get into those holes and get the solder to flow down. Um, but really it's other or, than or that. Or just a good desoldering gun, right? Well, no, I mean like once the. Oh, here, once it's on in order to get yeah. the
0: solder to flow in. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, this
1: is a major help with something oh, yeah. like that. So. Yeah, but yeah, you want to make sure that the solder gets down in the pins. And every once in a while you'll get one where um, I've, I've, I actually check each one continuity through the plug, you know, through the digital port to the top to make sure that i get connections through all the way but every once in a while i got one that had some scratchy audio and ended up that i think one of the you know one of the plugs was barely making contact and i had to and i had to reflow those so even though if they look good they may still you know require some some more love gotcha and um to to hold the hdmi port in place those
0: are greg's 3d printed designs right um no oh
1: really no, it's uh, this little HDMI connector sits. There's a little um, catch in the back of the GameCube. Okay. I don't. Know, it's like a like a little plastic. I don't know what it's for, honestly. Unseen actually said he thought it was for for the ribbon cable for the CD-ROM to come out. Mm-hmm. And I actually wondered if that w- if they actually had a full size DVD in the GameCube at some point. And then went down to a smaller one because the ribbon cable never touches this like little plastic hold mechanism. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this little PCB fits directly into that spot. Gotcha. And then and then there's a little screw hole where you screw it into that plastic part. File out the back and then it just sits right there. Gotcha. Okay. So. So yeah, there's no.
0: So is there like a space around it then, or does
1: it fit tight into the? fits perfect. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So, yeah, it's got little sides that go up so it can't – I actually probably have a piece somewhere buried back in a GameCube area. Oh. But <laughs> it probably take me a couple minutes to find it. Yeah, it's not me so, um, But, yeah, it fits, fits really well.
0: Now, have you tested um, – uh, or I've seen your, uh, your prototypes of the Wii solutions as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. There, it, it's mostly the QSB that I'm fighting with. Um, I should have had proto boards already, but I had issues with Oshpark and said they'd deliver, but I never got them. So they sent me some more out, you know, when that happens. But I've kind of jumped back from the BGA design to not the BGA design, where I was able to get tiny enough holes to solder to the vias. Um, going to a flex cable, it's more just dealing with the upfront cost and that and, me having zero knowledge about what a flex cable should look like other than seeing Marshall's, um, yeah. attempts. and it's like, am I sending the right stuff? I don't know what the fab house really needs. Um, you know, and apparently
0: Marshall had a bunch of trouble with a few batches of his, even midway through the life cycle of the ultra HDMI. Oh really? And yeah, I know so that, it's you know, not like it's a first run mistake like he ordered and I, I didn't speak directly to Marshall so I might be getting this wrong but I think he you know one of the the mid orders he's done um he received them and they were bad he had to ship them back and wait for a new one.
1: Huh. And I know that obviously Mega had some issues with whatever his cables were um so It's something that I've designed a flex cable. I don't know if it would even meet production standards or what, but so it's kind of, I'm trying to kind of just go with the QSB route. Now, the only negative to that is it's only going to work with the one version of the Wii, which is the uh, second revision. But Uh, does that
0: still have GameCube support?
1: Yes. It's pretty much, there's, there's pretty much two major board revisions and, it's in the later life cycle. It's pretty much if it's a colored GameCube with the ports, so it'd be the black or the red mm-hmm. GameCube with the ports, it'll work. Awesome. Now obviously, now obviously there's white ones as well, but you know that's way harder that's a to game, find. Yeah. I mean you're not guaranteed to get one unless you get someone to open the battery compartment and and measure, or I mean not measure. There's a way to see the model number through the through the, you know, C R thirty two battery, whatever it is. Gotcha. So
0: so have you done testing where, um, you know, I, I know a, a lot of people want to debate how big the difference is, but there is definitely a difference in certain Wii revisions where you get better quality video. Um, would going to a full digital solution just, you know, make all of that irrelevant because it's full digital, so they'd all
1: be the same? I would think so. Now, the later revision Wiis have the better video quality, so I guess that... Takes care of that. Yeah. <laughs> now that I said that out loud, I realized it didn't really matter at that point anyway, but
0: yeah, it's pretty interesting. So, would you be able to install this with a different type of board, like if you were going to do a wire to wire installation on any version of the Wii uh, then?
1: Yeah, there is. I did put pads on it so you can wire straight to the um, to that AVE chip um, if That's you wanted a small to. small chip.
0: <laughs> that is a yeah, beginner soldering lesson right there. That's yeah,
1: it's. Nice. uh. However, the, the QSB would make it easier because you don't—it's a—it's a permanent thing to, to solder to. Because I've soldered the Pluto—I first did a Pluto to a Wee just as a, as a test, and I don't want to say that was difficult, but just the way the, the Pluto can kind of move around when you're soldering it kind of becomes a, a hassle. Yeah. So, and this this placement of the QSB will put the lines extremely close to the AVE, mm-hmm. so you'd have super short lines and would not have to worry about any any loss um so
0: and with the Wii, i would assume that the
1: the stock output still works as well right well that's kind of yes sort of kind of depends what you want to do with it because to be able to when you when you switch to component video or when you jump the the pin to say that a component plug is plugged in you lose component or composite output so if you want 480p output you lose composite there's okay. there's some logic with that, so I've the GC video actually does something a little different than we, as it can control that pin. Oh wow! Um, so you can actually tell the the GC video to do only, um, you know, 4 i for example, not 480p. So could you do
0: component 480p and HDMI 480p?
1: Yes, but now the issue is um, both cables really aren't aren't going to fit together where the hdmi plug is they might if you were to cut down some of the outer uh you know plastic on the cable on the
0: cable itself not in the, the yeah wii. so the only yeah. th- from what i've seen in your pictures there's no cutting on the gamecube and on the wii there's just a small little cut for the um, micro or mini hdmi well there is cutting on the gamecube oh yeah uh, yeah, to get. Oh the, wait, no, your that's right. Your HDMI solution, it's uh, the Pluto one fits in the the digital port. The, right. Yeah, yours yeah. goes right in there. Okay. Okay.
1: Now, now you could easily design a three D printed thing and remove the digital port if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's definitely an option. I just I like to keep it looking as factory as possible. I mean, I guess I'm I'm putting a hole in the GameCube, but you know.
0: I mean, that. people if people have the choice, that's all that matters. You know, Yeah. But just for. Uh, I see a lot of times uh, mods could be done uh, without cutting at all. And people never get the choice because the console is just up for sale. There, There's so yeah. many guys that do uh, master system AV mods. And every time I see one, I just get so annoyed. The last guys I saw that did that, I just said, hey, uh, why'd you cut all the holes? You know, you could just buy like a $4 cable and get composite video, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, easier for people.
1: All right, yeah, I'm all not right. a big fan of the five RCA jacks out coming out the back. That's yeah, that's not, not, not really my thing. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, yeah, so there's cutting a little bit of cutting on the Wii, um, but but not much. And that and that's why I, I didn't want to move the HDMI connector far over. I wanted to keep it right on the QSB just to keep things simple. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. So um, you all you obviously could just do. Both of these mods, you don't have to just do HDMI. You could just do RGB only with the GC Dual, and just just omit the HDMI portion, and it'll work fine. Um, how much is the? Bo- uh, were you planning on selling the board for? Probably, probably for the dual, maybe one twenty. Yeah, you May- know, at that maybe...
0: point, it's still cheaper than the component video cable. But it's my opinion of if you have the option, why not just have both? You know?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, if, if you didn't want to cut your board or you weren't going to use it, um, I mean, it's up to you. But that's the same thing with the Wii. You could just not install the, um, or have have the HDMI connector not installed, and then you want to cut the Wii at all, and you'd have RGB output. Because the RGB will go to the multi out.
0: That's right. You know, I completely forgot that that board on the Wii enables RGB even for U.S. consoles, right?
1: Yeah. That's correct. pretty awesome. And it'll do all the line doubling and all that. So you can do 240p to 480 if you want to, um, if you choose to. Um, so really, you could do like 960p with an OSCC or you could do 720, you know, with 240, kind of whatever floats your boat, I guess, whatever you want to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. I can't wait to, to play around with that one. Um, you know, I've seen so many actually really great comparisons of Wii versus Wii U um, and it, it was very disappointing to see how the Wii U handled Wii games. Yeah. So I'd, I'm really uh, even more excited now to do a comparison of, like, a 480p Wii game through HDMI versus the same game on the Wii U in both 480p and then upscale just to see. But yeah. this is cool. And, you know, no one likes waiting the 10 minutes for the the Wii Virtual Console on the Wii U, whatever you want to call it, to, to boot up. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people want it for the, for the virtual console, though. I think they're trying to upscale that, or I've never actually really done too much of the of the virtual console on the Wii, just because I have all the original consoles, so if I'm trying to play NES, I just pull on my NES, or...
0: So, the what I've found, um, a, a lot of people who are just getting their feet wet back into playing classic games love the virtual console, or people that... You know, they have a, a super nintendo and they have a nintendo but they never really get into genesis but they want to play sonic yeah virtual well, console is kind of perfect for that yeah that's
1: know? true yeah i mean coming i don't want to say i'm an avid collector but i mean i got a shelf of 25 consoles over here so i mean <laughs> my wife hates me <laughs> yeah
0: another feeling <laughs> I uh I've cleared out almost all of my extras but I I had at least two of everything for a while just because it was you know what's that saying uh two is one and one is none yeah I never <laughs> failed whenever I was going to do something if I only had one console something would get screwed up and so it's always nice to have more than one but yeah I mean that's not. I mean that's because I, I run the website. It's not something I would recommend a normal person have <laughs> to do a virtual console. But you yeah. know, if you plan on a weekend and your friends are coming over and you're you're going to do a project and the thing that you're working on dies, then that's uh, yeah ruins the weekend. So yeah. <laughs> um, so the other thing that you were working on that I absolutely thought was awesome uh, was the PS2 C-Sync mods. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny because I was talking to Steve from HD Retrovision. I mean, shit, at least a year ago, probably more. And we were, I was thinking about it from a completely different perspective. You know, how could we build some kind of sink stripper and a head? And, you know, I talked to Steve for a while about it. And then he said something about, like, why don't you just disable it on the board? I'm like, I must must not have grasped what he was saying, because my brain was still focused on something else. I was like, what? No, I I don't know. Never mind. (laughs) And then when you came back around with that, I was like, fuck, that's right. You could do that. So I guess um, I guess let's just talk about that for a little while for people that don't really um, I guess don't really understand what that might be. So uh, the PlayStation on the multi out doesn't output C-sync; it only outputs Luma or composite video. Which mm-hmm. for 240p and 480i, it's fine in 99% of the solutions, the uh, situations. The only problem is when you have equipment that requires C-sync. So you would need a sync stripper. And one of the things that requires C-Sync is an Extron RXi box, which brings us to the other part. When you go to 480p mode, um, you could just use component video, but if your equipment doesn't handle it, if you need no converters, whatever else, um, it's a pain. So you could use sync on green, so you could use that same RGB cable, and you could even have these converters, like the Extrons, to strip it. But now you're required to have a sync stripper in the cable and a sync on green box like the Extron's or something. So no matter what you do, um, you need more equipment and it's a gigantic pain. So what I gather you did, and you're definitely going to have to explain this probably twice for me, um, one of the mods on the board disables sync on green. And then mm-hmm. the other mod removes either luma or composite video going to the multi-out and puts C-Sync there. So all resolutions have C-Sync, including 480p, so no other thing is is necessary. Did I get that right?
1: Yep, you sounded pretty good. Okay. So let's start with
0: disabling Sync on Green. What is it that you do that does that? Is it removing, adding, jumping something?
1: Well, there's two different reversions of the PS2. So pretty much anything before or any 3000x after... Or, I mean, before has two DACs. They take, it takes the digital RGB signals, you know, the, the 24 bit RGB and converts it to just RGB, you know, the three, mm-hmm. the th- three colors and then passes to another DAC, which converts it to the composite video, the sync on green, all that stuff. So that chip has a pin where you can ground that will disable sync on green, um, so that's the easiest way to do that for those models, the 3000X+, plus, which I think you did a couple weekends ago.
0: Yeah, um, that uh, that mod worked great. But then everything else was a r- ridiculous disaster. It had nothing to do with that mod. We were just trying to do three or four things at once. <laughs> and then it just, the dominoes fell and none of them work anymore. So it's, it's five minutes on each console to get it back. But we were so frustrated, we just left. So, but that mod did work. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. When you do that, though, that disables the flow of composite video to that multi-out
1: pin, correct? No, that's only for the, the, for the models that are like 3009X and after are different. Okay. So there's, there's an actual pin on the earlier models where you can just disable sync on green. And C-Sync still flows through everything. Okay. So that actually is – I don't want to say that would be the preferred model – but that would be the preferred model if you wanted to have all existing S video and composite all work perfectly along with RGB and get 480p RGBs.
0: So this is 100% opinion, um, but uh, you know, as somebody that screws around with all this stuff constantly, if I had to dis- uh, disable Luma in order for RGB to work, meaning mm-hmm. you know, I whatever you do, you remove the capacitor, you cut a trace. You completely kill S video, but as a result, you could gain clean RGB in all, you know, all scenarios Uh That is a perfectly great trade-off. Oh, for sure. S -S video is a dying format, whether we like it or not. It's just, it's not supported on any TV I've had in the past five years, but composite video is going to be around forever. It's, you know, the backup default analog solution and I wouldn't need it for anything other than testing. You know, it's yeah. so easy to grab anything with composite video, plug it in, and make sure something works. So the only reason I I, w- I kept asking the question and and, and and I'm still going to continue asking the question in this interview um, <laughs> is just simply for that reason. Everybody who plays with these things has probably got a, comp- a composite video cable, um, and it's so much it's easier to have that. So yeah. in the models where you disable it, could you even do something like? Just solder to the points on the motherboard, drill a hole, and put an RCA connector for a composite video. Or when you on those later models, um, when you disable that chip that does sync on green, you're also disabling the composite
1: video, right? Yeah, correct. All right, so in so the, so the easiest way would be to wire a switch in, so you can pass C-sync to the to the DAC or not mm-hmm. on the later models, which is what I did for the see how I kind of come to these to these situations. Some guy or I have a a person named Derek who I kind of do some work for. And he sent me a PS1 to put C-Sync because he likes C-Sync on all of this stuff, um, which is rightfully so. So I did that, and then he said, you know, hey, can we do this on the PS2? And I kind of looked up online, you know, because, you know, everyone wants a price, you know, what what it's going to take to do this. And I look online, you know, this one guy's like, oh, it looks pretty easy. You know, you just disable this and do that. Well, I get his PS2, and it's totally different. And I'm just like, shit, I got to (laughs) – (laughs) pull out the scope and start checking things out. And and that's where I kind of just figured out, hey, just remove C-Sync from the DAC and you won't get sync on green and just pass that straight to the multi-out and you got pure C-Sync. But then I also was like, I I added a switch in so he could pass C-Sync back to the DAC to get composite video if he wanted to.
0: Gotcha. So on the model that I saw, and by the way, I had two slim 7,012s.
1: Yeah, yeah, um,
0: completely different boards inside, so it, it it was weird. I took pictures. I'll send them over to you. It was very I, surprising I, when I opened up the second I th- one.
1: I think the models that I listed because I only listed models that I found service manuals for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have. I mean, I don't have a plethora of PS2s. I actually only have one, which is a a thirty nine hundred PS2 or thirty nine thousand, yeah, whatever model it is. Um. So, but I looked up the other things just to kind of try and make it, um, I don't know, more for everybody, I guess. Gotcha. But yeah, so, so I didn't have any plans for the 9000. Um, but I know someone did do the 9000, um, X recently. They put it on, uh, I think maybe PS, PSX Scene. They mm. listed that they were able to do it on that one. So I don't know how close the board is to that. Um, so,
0: um, in that, in that scenario though, with those boards, so you, um, you remove C-sync, go into that chip that uh, you know does the sync-on-green composite video conversion. You remove mm-hmm. that resistor. Um, then you jump that, or then you would also remove the capacitor on the, let's just say, the Luma output. So you want to make yep. Luma C-sync, and that mm-hmm. disables the signal going. So you could just, at that point, then use a, a dual uh, two-pole switch, so the ones that have you know three and three, and hook mm-hmm. c sync up to one side and hook the you know that cap up and you could actually toggle between uh you know composite videos off but luma's on uh, uh, wait composite videos off but the uh, RGBS on the luma pin and you toggle that switch back and it goes back
1: to the way it was before the mod right that's awesome no well no well hold on the, the luma was always out of the mix it was yeah it was cuz if you pull the if you pull the cap on the on the luma so luma's never going to come back it's all oh, Luma's always going to have C sync. The resistor just allows you to get composite video. or I mean, the switch allows you to get composite video back.
0: Well, if you're using a dual a dual pole switch, so the ones with six, three and three. Oh yeah, yeah, then, yeah. You, you could, could do actually that. have that on the second one. So yeah, the yeah, first right. one toggles C sync between directly to the multi out or through that, you know, through the DAC and the the second one. Would connect to that final capacitor. I would yep. just recommend getting, you know, probably just through-hole components—a resistor and a cap—to put on that switch, so you don't have to yep. work with the, the little. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I got to go back and uh, I got to go back and do that one, and then maybe that would be small enough to uh, to actually mount it somewhere nicely inside the PS2 Slim's case, even if yeah. it's just a little hole on the bottom where you reach in. But and that's you know the other reason I'm being so anal about all these things is because. You know, we have we as nerds have only been modding these consoles since they've been out, which is not a very long time. And, you know, humans in general tend to think very small. And even though Mm -hmm. it's only been a couple of years, 10, 20 years, I've already seen people get consoles and they look at them and it doesn't work right away. And they're like, oh, it's junk, throw it out. And then you open it up and it's a really well done mod inside. And it was done... Great for a specific reason, but no one marked the console. No one knew, right. so you thought it yeah. was broken. So to have a Switch and to have, just take one of those Dymo labelers and put something on the back that says, <laughs> you know, this way for stock, this way for RGBS, like that would solve, you know, when our grandkids pick up this thing, like, hey, you know, what's this? How come How come I can't make this appear in my virtual reality helmet? Oh, well, son, you got to flip the Switch and plug it in. And, you know, it's <laughs> like... So. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So basically, on every model PS2, then you might need a switch of some sorts, but you could actually do this. So you have RGBS or flick a switch to back to normal for people yep. that need it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really awesome. And uh, I guess you checked it with your oscilloscope, and as long as you continue to, because it's uh, TTL full voltage sync coming off the board goes through that 470 uh, ohm resistor. So and it's pretty much the same on all. Of yeah, them, right?
1: it's it's three point three volt TTL. because there's you know there's five volt TTL too. Um, so, okay. um,
0: but dropping it through that resistor then takes care of that, and then it's just the yep. standard C sync voltage.
1: Yep. So it's yeah, a so very you don't cool mod. Yeah, so you don't need any um, resistor in the in the line or anything like that. So so all the cables that you get from you know retroaxis or hmm. or retro gaming cables will work just fine. Perfect.
0: The only thing with this is, in my opinion, and I, you know, I was just talking to Corey about this. You know, I'm definitely no longer a beginner, but I don't know how far past beginner I would call myself. <laughs> you know, I'm nowhere near an expert, definitely not a beginner. I don't even know if I would be called intermediate, but there are certain mods that I think that anybody can do, like that, you know, the SNES Mini 7374 mod. You know, if you just want RGB, you slap something over some pins, throw some solder on it, you put four wires through vias. It's, you know, it, it's probably a 2-hour job for somebody that's never done it before. It's yep. a 10-minute job if you're good at these things. Working on PS2s is a lot harder. At the very least, there's a lot more to disassemble and reassemble. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I mean, it probably would have been easier to cut traces on this than start pulling parts. I mean, SMD caps aren't the easiest thing to pull. Um if you don't have a hot air rework station, you know, hot air um I mean you can pull them by kind of heating one side up and pulling and heating the other side up and pulling, but That's it's not the, the do it, yeah. but you have a chance of breaking because you know those S and D caps, the the bottom pads are so big it's easy to possibly pull, you know, pull a trace up or pull part of the trace up. So on some cases it might have been easier for a user to to cut a trace, um, you know, versus pulling. But I like I like pulling parts just because it leaves the board so I, I like being able to go back if if need be. And really, I mean, my PS2 is modded. I'm never going to put it back. But I guess I have the power to put it back and make it look factory. And I don't know why that I like that, but I do.
0: Yeah, I get I get a lot of people uh, politely questioning my stance on that. And it's just – it's I seriously doubt I'm ever going to say, okay, well, I'm turning into a collector. So I'm going to go put all my consoles exactly back to the way they were. It's more along the lines of when when the next mod comes out, you know, when, when we come out with yeah. the 8K mod for the PS2, but those components that we removed have to be in for that to work. It's just a matter of going on Digikey, ordering a couple of surface mount parts, getting your tweezers out, soldering it up, bam, back to normal. Now we can go yeah. do the next mod that comes out without worrying about, you know, you haven't ruined your console, you, can't, you, you don't have to toss it and get the next one, so... That's yeah. why I'm always a fan of being able to put it back, and that's why I always avoid cutting plastic whenever I, I possibly could. So, yeah. Well, um, so I've I have a bunch of PS2s at the office. And when I get back there and I have time, I'm gonna mess with it and try to take some pictures. But um, I guess if anybody's watching, tries and uh, take good. I mean, you only need a cell phone, but take good quality pictures of the mod. Because uh, you know the most common thing is putting up those diagrams in the service manuals are good for people that know what those are and what to look for, but I do like having basic pictures. So you know, yeah. put on your model number and just you know, put an MS Paint, circle a component in red. There you go. You know, then we'll you can see, see how people model.
1: and see how people wire or you know run their wires around and stuff like that. Makes it easier. It's easier to copy than it is to you know do your own thing. I guess. I mean. Yeah. So, um,
0: in messing with this, have you seen any issue with the placement of the c sync wire? Because uh, I, I mean, I've seen things before where if you run it too close to something else, you get some weirdness, um, some weird kind of coupling, um, almost like if you were use unshielded cables with composite video
1: next to sync or you know something like that. I I will say that that first model I did for Derek, where I put a switch in, the switch didn't totally isolate. Both prongs. Uh, oh when wow! I my, yeah, I was I was pretty surprised. And my finger had enough um, whatever you want to call to it to create a nice green bar when you held the switch. So yeah, so I actually had to get a different switch that, you know, didn't do that, <laughs> but but it was quite interesting.
0: Oh, I, I kind of I always love silly shit like that. You never know what you're going to run into.
1: Yeah, I mean so but uh i on for stuff like that i try to use braided braided line you know not yeah. not single not single core um but uh i mean
0: yeah especially when you're going to a switch because now you have all these antennas right you have it from the output to the switch from the switch back to here i mean there's you know, now you have lots of different antennas radiating signal around and picking up interference. So <laughs> if there's any way to to shield it, I would always try that. Sometimes it really doesn't matter at all. But yeah. anytime you mess with, like, subcarrier stuff like that, if, like doing SMS mods, I'm always busting Voltar's balls about that because he'll, you know, he'll very elegantly run a wire all around the entire trace of the board because it's not near any components that radiate. And I just, why don't you just use a thick-ass shielded cable? Well, there's no need. You just put it over here, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh whatever's the easiest overall is my favorite choice. So
1: Yeah. And if it works, like I mean if it works, it works. If it works and it's not
0: gonna hurt anything, who cares? Yeah. But
1: Yeah. And it looks good.
0: So what other stuff have you been working on? Is there anything else you could talk about? Or is this uh <sighs> do you have some stuff in the wraps that you wanna wait to to unveil?
1: No, not really. I mean I have a lot of unfinished projects. That's kind of my I kind of backed up. I have a Dreamcast HDMI using Chris's, Chris 2000. Right, yeah. I, I designed a board and have a QSB and all that. It's just 100% untested. Um, now
0: did you use the, wasn't he going for you re, uh, remove the power board so you could place everything there and then use that output? No, there, or no, use this the one that goes underneath
1: this, this goes underneath. So nothing, you don't have to remove the power. Um, not that I, I, wouldn't want to remove the power but i don't know my my power supply works pretty good i guess <laughs> so but i also have a usb gd-rom so size or space is not too much an issue but mm. um the qsb sits on top and then should run an fcc cable below the board where the actual you know fpga will sit flush on the bottom of the console mm-hmm. um so someone i think has built it because some people, you know, they see it on my GitHub, and or not GitHub, they see it on my uh, OSHA Park, and then now they're like, uh, have you tried this? No, but you're welcome to try it. Let me know if it works. Yeah. So um, I haven't – he hasn't said if it works yet. I mean I hope it does, but uh, – um, So have you
0: even – have
1: you installed it at all yet and tried no, it? I, it I no, ha- even... I haven't even ordered a board. I was kind of um, – I was taking on too many projects, and nothing was getting finished. Let's put it that way. I'm so I need, I, very well. <laughs> I needed to uh, I needed to kind of get back and prioritize what I was doing to actually you know get that done. You know um, but I, like
0: I was really curious how he was handling the processing of the image because um, it isn't doesn't the Dreamcast display in a visa format um, and not a digital TV format, so you're always going to get some kind of weird
1: issues. he with the, he fixed it in his latest revision. Really? And he and he line doubles um some stuff. So line doubles was, so you could have nine sixty P coming through it? Uh no, it was the four eighty I line doubled. So probably the Bob um, you know, <laughs> you know, deinterlacing the kind of quick. Because I know it's zero lag. Um but uh he uh he redesigned it to fix that Visa problem or that VESA problem. So I think there's a little bit of a frame buffer on that FPGA he's using. Mm-hmm. There's enough for him to, to do some type of buffering. But he fixed that. That is so, pretty awesome. So the only thing I'm not sure, though, is there's some games that don't output or only output composite. <laughs> so, because, you know, there, there are certain games that will obviously output VGA, and there's certain games that will output RGB, and there's certain ones that will only output composite.
0: I mean, there so was what, a Street Fighter Third Strike US edition or something that wouldn't output yeah. RGB or VGA or something like that.
1: yeah. So I'm not really sure on those because you know I know I know he's taking the eight bit RGB lines, you know, or the 24 bit RGB digital lines and putting them to his thing, but I don't know when that whole like when the Dreamcast decides like, hey, I'm only going to output composite. I don't know how all that works or if that intercepts that before that that logic comes into play. So it yeah. may output all or it may not output. You know, it may only work with VGA games. I, I it's I, I really don't know. I haven't really done that much research into it.
0: Um, I know a lot of people that are obsessed with using the original disc, no matter what. But it, I, I don't really give a shit about any of that. Uh, there, in fact, there are many games that I own and have always owned that. You know, sometimes I'll use a fan patch and a ROM, or yeah. you know, like these the 480p patches and burn a disc, or you know, use the GDMU or something. Um, I just I think everybody's got to make a compromise, right? So yeah, if you get the, the you know the awesomeness of a straight HDMI output, I think that's pretty cool. So yeah, now it, it, is that that's digital to digital, right? That's not yeah. really analog to digital.
1: Yeah, digital to digital. So and I and I don't know. Ozone was supposedly had it, like an all-in-one board, and he kind of like just disappeared. I don't know what happened to his. His look pr- his looked pretty promising. He had yeah. an OS, he had an OSD and all that stuff, but I haven't heard from him in I don't know, like maybe a year.
0: Yeah, I still talk to him, um, not as much as I used to, but I still talk to him on a regular basis, and uh, yeah. I think a lot of his projects stalled because there were partnerships and other people's lives got busy, and they just kind of slowed down. So I was really looking forward to some of the stuff that he was putting out because some of the ideas that he talked about um, that he didn't even really tell anybody yet. Um, I mean, he was approaching it in a really cool way, and I was really looking forward to seeing.
1: Yeah, uh, because he made it. Yeah, he made it sound like it was going to be able to be dropped into like a Genesis or I don't know, I I don't know, just a lot of other consoles pretty easily with just minor revisions, which kind of got me excited. But uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I think he's looking for some help on that. So I could certainly
1: make the introduction if you wanted, but. yeah. I, he's he's way above my pay grade. <laughs> I would only hold him down. <laughs> I, I I do plan to maybe do some PS2 research on getting RGB out. Um, pretty much, I don't want to say reverse reversing what Chris did for the Dreamcast, but it should be very very similar. You mean just HDMI
0: mat- on the PS2?
1: Yeah, it should be a matter of um, just getting the clockwork figured out and getting the the clock dividers to output the right you know signal and all that. But I my Verilog is is very minimal, um, you know. I've I've tried to read them, and I honestly need to to get on a small project that I want to do that I can succeed at. <laughs> so, um, but when I get time and and all that, uh, but I still have other projects to work on. Remember that whole CDI adapter, pad adapter. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I've got, I've got all the parts and everything here. You just got to put it together and try it. <laughs> And which uh, which did
0: you use for that? Which controller? I forgot all about that.
1: It, it was just going to be for... Uh, I've got a PC controller I was going to use, but I think it'll work with uh, SNES, though, as well. Gotcha. Um, but I just... You know, yeah, just you
0: know, those CDI controllers are like... Uh, I think they're averaging like 85 bucks a piece on eBay or something like that, so... Mm. As long as whatever you sold was around twenty or thirty bucks, you know, if anybody wants to play a CDI, that's certainly a way better way to go about that.
1: I really want to get a Nuon controller and try and reverse that, um, because those are three hundred dollars now. What's the Nuon controller? Uh, the the Nuon the DVD player. Oh okay. Um, it plays like Tempest three thousand. Oh, it was, that's
0: right. Yeah, it was.
1: It's that uh, that weird Atari DVD, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but controller yeah. uh, controllers like disappeared, and I actually had a new on DVD player for the longest time, but never could get a controller for it. Hmm. Never, never can find them. And now they're pop. Actually, there's a few on eBay, but people are. out. I mean, there's actually now they're asking. They're selling for three hundred for a crappy Ugh. Logitech, you know. So I don't know. I mean. I, if people threw them all away in the dumpster, and there's only 50 out there anymore. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'd like to get one, but uh, I'm not going to pay $300 for a controller for me to tear apart.
0: <laughs> if you were to if you were to get one of those, would you would uh, would it be
1: like destroyed in the process, or is it something that you could put back together when you were done? I I would try and put it back together, but it's more. See, I don't know. There's a there's a chip on there um, called Nuon. I've seen the the board layout. Um, I don't know really what that chip does. I'm guessing it's pretty close to probably a USB protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, would be my guess. Because um, why would they spend all that effort to try and you know reinvent the wheel? But
0: and how would you even go about reverse engineering? Do you have like a logic just, analyzer or something? Or yeah, scope?
1: yeah, yeah. Just go with analyzer and just see what see what it all does, and then see if you can't mimic that with an FPGA or a Adreno or something like that with some microcontroller it's
0: yeah, way way above my head. I can grasp the <laughs> concepts really well, but I I just it would take forever for me to figure that out, I think. <laughs> but that's cool stuff. Um I mean, we hit your GC video stuff, we hit PlayStation 2, the CDI controller adapter. I feel like there was something else though. W- weren't you working on something else over the course of time?
1: Um I don't know. I mean, I've got a lot of I'm working on a Toslink cup customer right now for a PlayStation um first-gen, you know, launch model with the plugs in the back. Uh, I don't think that's been done, Um, so I've been working on that. You know, I bought the components to do that because I think any console that has that one chip in it, you could
0: put, you know, the Toslink mod, and I bought one for a 3DO, I bought one for my Saturn and something else, and I just never had time to install any of those.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to get one to work in the Jaguar. Um, The Jaguar outputs some weird um, signals, and I have so far been unsuccessful um, so, and I'm kind of, I actually really want to get the N64 to work as well. Um, I've tried to contact Marshall to be like, hey, can this, can your HDMI mod output Toslink too? But he has, cause I want to, cause I have my RGB, you know, the RGB and dual HDMI mod on that. So i like to be able to get Toslink if I'm doing, you know, RGB out of that. But, uh, he has yeah, a replied. <laughs> don't
0: expect, don't expect a response <laughs> from Marshall. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish my OCD wasn't the way it was, because I would love to be able to walk away from my inbox for a month and come back and be like, okay, anything before today isn't important, let's just forget about that, let's just, you know, I I can't do it, I I don't know how he does it, I I know he gets swamped and overwhelmed, but if I ever opened up my phone and saw like a thousand missed emails, I'd probably just throw my phone out, and I couldn't, (laughs) I I, I don't know, but uh, I I still, I talked to him once. For like half a second, and uh, you said he was gonna uh, come on the podcast, and that was it. It was like a year and a half ago. So. <laughs> huh?
1: Yeah, I, I'm assuming it's got to be possible. I mean, with a, I mean he's he's converting the digital signals in there. I mean, I, I would think that he could easily pass Toslink out, but I don't know. I mean, it's so. So I'm now I'm looking to try and uh, to mod that, but the it's kind of an issue with the master clock and putting your own clock in, and the N64 kind of has some weird. Some weird audio stuff.
0: Well, you mean like an RGB N64 with a Toslink output?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, okay. Because I was going to say, even if you needed it separated on uh, the Ultra HDMI, you could just buy a cheap dongle that splits HDMI to whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of my my setup here is set up for, you know, RGB, and then I have Toslink connector that comes out to the receiver. So I kind of prefer that. I mean, I know I can run HDMI to the receiver and output out, out of that, but it's just I like everything to be, you know... Kind of all the same. I actually actually designed a analog to tosling board for these consoles that, like the Sega like the Sega Genesis, which you you can't you can't get digital audio out of that. Right. So um, I've actually created a analog you know a, an analog tozzling board which will pass SPDIF out. Um, hmm. Just for it, it's not going to add any value. I mean, it's not going to make it sound any better. Um, but at least makes my kind of whole setup easier i guess
0: well i wouldn't agree a hundred percent so if uh you know it's not going to make it sound any better than something like if, uh with really great shielded audio cables on it yeah uh, so much of the the issues that people run into with audio happen from the back of the console out which just isn't an issue with Toslink. so yeah um you know i could actually see that especially if you were to do something like um take the mega amp and then add uh, an A to D converter on that so now you have now that that would actually be a massive improvement in quality because mm-hmm. uh, well not on the Genesis 1 originals but on the Genesis 2s and everything that have terrible audio yeah you would actually notice a big difference and there would be zero analog hiss that well almost zero analog hiss coming down on the toslink
1: yeah, it depends if I can get that, you know, put right on the board, right next to where those analog signals come out. There'd almost be nothing, yeah, no, no interference. But that's something that kind of, like I said, it's 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 on the. I've got a board made up, just untested. Um, it probably works because it's pretty. It's a pretty simple design, mm. um, which I'll probably get to it eventually. Um, I actually did have a board, one of the RGB bypasses I designed, that also did a um, a one switch overclock. So you'd switch the you'd switch it and it would actually halt the CPU and then overclock it, hmm. all in one thing. So you wouldn't actually have to have two switches. Oh, cool! Um, but uh, that was kind of just.
0: You know, to so. be honest, I never messed with Genesis overclocking. Um, what's the result? Does everything just play faster, or do you get better? Yeah, rates? it
1: it was more for um, just when Sonic you get so many slowdowns when you get a lot of rings. Yeah, that's kind of it's, it's pretty noticeable and pretty. Uh, I don't want to say annoying, and I'm not even sure how Sonic CD even was able to be released with its slowdowns. You play that, you play that boss level with the water, and it is just like this. This got through, um, you know, quality control. I mean, they didn't say like, "Hey, this boss is just not possible. It's making our console look like shit." Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's wow. funny because I actually really love the uh, Christian Whitehead version of that. Um, and yeah. even playing through like an Apple TV where you know there's got to be some kind of lag in the, just added through that. Uh, I, I actually love it. I would rather play it on that than the, on the Sega CD in many cases. So, mm-hmm. That yeah. good luck finding a lot of Sega CDs that are reliable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got a Model 1 that I got it from Goodwill on it. It's so far kicking pretty good. I so. had a
0: Model 1 that was absolutely flawless, and then we took it apart so uh, Evan, the photographer, could take pictures for Wikipedia, yeah. and then somehow or another, putting it back together, the, the gears must not have aligned perfect on the, the tray. So we plugged it in, turned it on, uh, opened the tray, close it, tray comes back out. Close it, tray comes back out. Man, uh, <laughs> I know what that is. So I ordered a new band, and I'm going to have to take it all apart and line up the gears again. So just ridiculous. <laughs> whoever yeah. thought that shit was a good idea you know I don't know there's so many when I worked for that one company there were there were many many times where we'd all be in a room together and somebody would go wait why the hell did we do it that way yeah why did we oh 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 and then we'd go back and realize no that's actually the perfect way to do it it just seems a little weird but I mean, there was only one or two moments where we all looked at each other like, what were we thinking? What, Like, why would we do that? <laughs> it, was, it was very rare, and we usually caught it way before even pre-production, even before prototyping. So just, I mean, whoever saw that, how you would reassemble
1: that Sega CD and thought, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I got my, because I had a Gen 2 first I fixed, um, and then I got a, I said I've got that one from Goodwill and mm-hmm. I couldn't even figure out how to open the tray up for the longest time. I was like, how do how does this tray open? And just <laughs> Yeah. No no button on the front. I was like, I've never experienced this technology before. Yep. Finally, uh finally uh got out of that menu and Yeah, got and lucky. Model
0: Two Sega CD is, not it weird getting it in uh into the memory menu? Isn't there some strange thing that you have to do, like there's a button combo or something?
1: I don't think I've ever been in the menu memory menu on that. Yeah, there was something. I don't remember exactly what, but
0: yeah, always a pain in the ass. What can you do? Yeah. yeah um, I don't... Is that your only RGB monitor? Is that the one that you have back there?
1: Um, I've got that one, and then I've got a, a Pioneer, the 40-inch Plasma. Um. Oh, really? Yeah, I've got of one of those. The ones? Yep. That's pretty That's... cool. Yeah, I drove to Baltimore to get that. Jeez, um, that seems worth it. <laughs> yeah had to convince my wife on that one she was like what are we doing right now well what's more weird is i actually had to pick up uh, a 29 inch xbr on the way to trade for this tv that's the guy. the guy wouldn't take cash for the for the pioneer but there was an xbr in a couple states over that he wanted so it was on my way to his place so got the xbr it was an old like 84 sony that the guy bought originally um and picked that up strapped in the back seat and Drove to him, and we swapped straight trades. I mean it's still divided to pay for obviously for the XBR, but mm-hmm. um, you know, jeez, so um,
0: did you ever measure lag on that plasma?
1: Well, speaking, of, I actually know because I don't really have a way to do that because it doesn't have speakers built into it. So my way of my way of testing okay. lag was I mean I guess I do have a, t- a camera and I could hook that PVM up, um, but actually you see that new firmware that got released today, right? Hmm.
0: Um, so. I actually haven't had time to mess with it,
1: but uh, yeah, you can hook up a photo resistor and test lag on it on the OSSC. So That's I'm gonna do that with one. it.
0: I mean, yeah. you could certainly use your GC Video Dual in the 240p test suite. Just throw uh, you know, any, um, you know, any a Composite video tube next to it, you don't need to use your PVM. Yeah,
1: so. I don't think I have. Well, actually, I do have a. That won't work. I actually have an XBR Wiga one of the 34 inch TVs, next to that. Um, but that's not going to give a, a good number. No. Uh, um, and if
0: it's a if it's a tube with DVI input, like those it is. later, yeah, then it's yeah. got two frames of lag in it because it uses an yeah. ATI processing chip to get it on the tube. So.
1: Yeah. So I'll I'll probably do the it's just kind of a pain to move that PVM around. And oh yeah,
0: I know. It's how I blew my back out carrying those up and down flights <laughs> of stairs. So.
1: Well, that sucks. I've got this is my small little room, and a lot of my stuff can't exit this room in the house. <laughs> so I can, uh, you know, it's kind of where I'm stuck at. So yeah, I hear uh, you. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll actually I was going to do an order on DigiKey soon, so I'll pick up that photo resistor and that, and I'll probably start doing some lag testing on some stuff
0: that's awesome just for fun throw up a video when you do that because uh, i think a lot of people would really love to see that in action
1: yeah it's it's a good tv it just has sometimes it just has so much uh, in issues i mean pretty easily um you know if you got a start screen at the top or something it'll it'll stay there until you get other video going over the top of it
0: yeah so uh, i had that with my plasma gt25 um and that would happen all the time. So you'd have like the start screen or the life bar. You'd turn it off. You'd come back two days later. Turn it on. It'd still be there until yep. you watch four or five minutes of video, and then it's gone.
1: Yeah, so. it's got to have other uh, video going over the top of it to you know replace it. It it works pretty well for like you know scrolling games, side scrolling games, because mm-hmm. you know you you've never got static image on the screen. Um, but uh, it kind of sucks if you've got a black background and you've. <laughs> Not going through the screens fast enough because they need to see ghosted images are on it. So, um, but it works pretty really well for Mario and stuff like that, and yeah, it yeah. looks it looks cool. I guess I don't know. It's a big TV. Yeah, that's always a plus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, man. Well, this was a blast. Uh, thanks for taking the time to do this. I, I think uh, yeah. you know a lot of people that have been following your work are gonna you know finally appreciate just uh, digging in and figuring out what it was that you were doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, usually how these projects come up, people ask me to do stuff that's not out there and I uh try and figure stuff out. That's kind of what I like to do. I like I don't I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I mean I could build some video boards, but if those already exist, why 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 do someone else's work when they've already got a pretty good uh board out there? You know? Yeah. So yeah. So
0: uh people uh, to follow you, Twitter's probably the best bet, right?
1: Yeah, I mean Twitter uh I'm on the forums too, so I get I get people hit me up on assembler still sometimes and obscure games and um, shumps the yeah the shoot 'em up forum, uh, Twitter kind of just whatever it, it kind of gets annoying actually and everybody going through different channels then you got to check all this stuff all the time, but uh, or email some people go to my website and they email me that's fine too, but uh, but yeah that's usually how how these projects happen people just come to me asking stuff and then I. I go above and beyond because <laughs> because I want to do it to my to my stuff too. <laughs> awesome. So.
0: All right, man. Well, I'll leave links down below for where to find you, your website, your Twitter, and you know, the rest of the stuff. And uh, you know, definitely come back on again. And at the very least, um, you know, I'll be featuring your stuff in a couple of videos in the next year. Definitely the GameCube stuff. Hopefully, the Wii when that comes out. So.
1: Yep. Cool. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Bye. <laughs>